Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. In our look at archetypes for primary characters, we have four that are the most unexpected of all. These four can become surprising protagonists. As antagonists, they seem pathetic until we realize that we deal with these conflict creators every day of our life, and they can populate our stories just as well. It's the four last but not least primaries. For last but not least, the everyman, the lover, the innocent, the trickster. Of these four, Only the last seems to have any potential as the story's protagonist. They would seem to be the last choices of all as primary characters. Yet when we examine them more closely, we discover that they may be last, but not the least in that selection. These are the most unexpected of protagonists, and the writer who tackles any one of these character archetypes will need much more research to understand the character's psychology associated with the types. First, every man, or orphan, and the negative side is victim. Carl Jung calls this archetype the orphan. Modern terms, we say every man. The every man fits in with everyone. This character is a good friend to all. With street smarts gained over time, the every man is very aware of how people and society work even if they never lived on the streets. Like George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life, the everyman comes wired to understand the hidden networking. He thrives through understanding the interconnections within any social system. Everyman can stumble into irresponsibility. Understanding the interconnections, they can find ways to slip away from obligations. Everybody's friend can actually be no one's friend as they play upon friendship to pass the buck. Look at George Bailey's uncle, the perfect example of the irresponsible everyman. And George himself provides us with the everyman as victim, especially when he stands on the bridge and contemplates abandoning his obligations through suicide. The everyman can also turn into the negative victim. Oh, poor me! What a poor life I've had! In controlling the networks, he or she can manipulate others into codependency. Second, the lover or the stalker, sometimes with forms of siren and seducer. The lover archetype is driven to bond, familial, relational, social, physical, spiritual. No matter the type of bond, the lover will seek intimacy. In doing so, the lover, like Romeo, may leap over the walls that some people have, enforcing friendship too soon. The lover wants that zing of love, 
Like Gary Oldman's Dracula, who's driven to bond with Mina, the blood connections ensnare him. He is the top predator building his pack, ruling them with a velvet-gloved hand. They need the constant sustenance of the relationship. Without it, the lover will feel abandoned. Here's one side of the lover's downfall. Heathcliff has an instant and so deep connection with Kathy of the first generation in Wuthering Heights. Denied the closer bond of sex, he turns on those he believes interfered, and the Kathy of the second generation suffers from his revenge. Heathcliff provides the example of the self-impetus that destroys this character. In this respect, he is last but not least, for he drives his belief that he was last selected to punish everyone he believes devalued him. First, he jumped to the conclusion that he would be denied the bond he sought. Second, his love turned to obsession. In this respect, he takes on the stalker mentality, controlling and manipulative, focused on self-needs rather than love for the other. Once the obsession is in place, he cannot release it. To abandon the obsession is to destroy the connective bond. The other side of the lover's downfall is the mistake that the connective bond is copulation. Rushing too quickly into relationships, the lover risks getting burned, or the sustaining family bond could have failed, leaving the lover crippled in how to build and maintain a relationship. This archetype may mistake physical intimacy for relationship intimacy. The lover then becomes the bed-hopping siren or seducer. Obsessed with the high of attraction and sex, he or she will be unable or unwilling to analyze the reason no deep connection ever occurs. Worse, the crippled lover may only objectify the other person. Third, the innocent or the negative blind. The idealistic innocent is often a trusting optimist. We need innocence in our lives. They look forward with hope. They see the potential for sunny skies when all around them are storms. While some of us slog through the rain, they're singing and dancing in it. That can be very frustrating. However, their bright shiny helps us to see the end. They spot the rainbow first because they are always looking for it. Sam Gamgee in the Lord of the Ring trilogy keeps Frodo on the trail, even to the point of carrying Frodo when he can go no farther. He has bought into the mission, and he sees the possibility of success. Rue in The Hunger Games and Forrest Gump are two more examples of the innocent. They may be considered last, but their influence is certainly not the least, giving hope when all hope is dissipated. The negative side of the innocent is the blind person. The blind cannot lead the blind. When the innocent loses touch with the stone-hard reality of a truly impossible situation, the character will refuse to acknowledge the truth. As such, this character has a great capacity for self-denial. Those who trust too much are easily burned. Those who are burned too much become ashy cynics, burning everyone else. Fourth, trickster are the other side, fool. Many teenagers think they are tricksters because they like to play tricks. All they want is to have fun, 
which is the fool's defining trait, not the trickster's. Many writers mistake the trickster as a prankster of evil intent. This is not truly the definition of a trickster. This archetype has two sides, fool and trickster. The fool makes mistakes and never learns. The trickster learns. The fool, like a court jester, plays to an audience. He doesn't care about the audience's derision. As long as he is getting laughter, the fool is content. His actions are actually reactions, a cyclical feeding off the audience. The trickster acts. He thinks of a thing to do, half anticipates the result, the best result, and does the thing. He may or may not care about the consequences. He does care about derision, which is the reason he begins to change. The protagonist can start as a trickster, as Odysseus did. Yet a character who does not learn to care about the consequences to others cannot be a true protagonist. Loki is often presented as a trickster. However, he is better classified as a shapeshifter, which will be covered in relationships section called side characters. Trickster. Coyote of Native American myth never cared about the consequences of his actions because he never considered those consequences. He thought it was enough that he was acting and having a good time. Coyote is a trickster. Getting joy out of life should be the goal of all of us, but we need to temper it with good sense, something the trickster may claim to have done as everything crashes down. However, the trickster merely considered the best outcome of the prank, not all the outcomes of the prank. Alex Foley in Beverly Hills Cop is the perfect example of a trickster. He plans and carries out his tricks in order to trap the evil guys. He knows when a trick is collapsing and moves out of its way. He sets up several tricks or traps and follows through with each one until he achieves his goal. Things get blown up. Bad guys get hurt. Passers-by are inconvenienced. Alex doesn't care. He's after the evil guys and he successfully arrests them. The other side is the fool, the negative side, and the best example is Captain Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Sparrow spots something to do, sees how it will work out if everything works out, and heads straight into the event. He is gifted with the god's own luck. Nothing will always work out for the best. When the consequences to others are not considered, we have the self-absorbed fool. As the series progressed, Jack Sparrow became more like a trickster than a fool. The fool is a jester. Too obsessed with cleverness, this fool will constantly upend things just to have done so. The whole purpose of the fool is to entertain himself and others. The primary goal is to attract attention. How doesn't matter. All that matters is winning a laugh. If he has to sacrifice self-esteem, and put himself up for mockery and ridicule, then the fool will do so. The drunken fool is another downfall of this archetype. Seeking a good time, he or she can become addicted to alcohol or caffeine, sugar or drugs, anything to give a sustained high. The dark side devolves to gluttony, ruled by temporary satisfiers like food or liquor or cocaine, high speed or pranks or petty vandalism. If the fool never suffers consequences, just like teenagers, he or she will spiral down to greater problems. 
Odysseus, after foolishly announcing himself to the blinded Cyclops, eventually learns to control his trickster side. He begins to use it cleverly, such as his trickery against the suitors who had overrun his home. However, not telling his long-suffering wife as his return, that is classic fool behavior. The Right Focus is currently in the series all about characters, from building and presenting a character to relationships, leadership styles, team roles, and special touches for characters. Avoid creating characters who are stereotypes. Reveal their public and private interiors. Focus on couples, mentors, enemies, and much, much more. The information comes from M.A. Lee's guidebook, Discovering Characters, part of the Discovering series on the writing craft. Link to the guidebooks are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by M.A. Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at linkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.